Welcome back, everyone, to The Awakened Catholic Show. I am your host, Nick Delatore. Today, we are going to be talking to the one and only Chris Finneman, who is a new host here at Awakened Catholic on a new show called The New Breed. But before we get into that, roll the intro. I literally could not be more excited today to be sitting here with this incredible man to talk about the incredible things which we will be talking about. Yes. But before we do, I got to tell you that if you like what we do here at Awaken Catholic, if you like this show or the other shows or all of them, then please check out the Awaken Nation. It's a community of people um, like yourselves who make all of this work possible. We are a brand new nonprofit ministry and we are trying to uh, get off the ground here you're running uh, and we need your help. So if you'd like to contribute to this and become a part of a community of people making a huge difference on a national level, honestly, um, then check out awakencatholic.org slash donate and join the Awakened Nation. Additionally, if you want to, you know, sprinkle some pepper onto your prayer life to add some spice, check out the Hallow app. Uh, we have a really cool partnership with Hallow. And if you use our link or go through our website to download the Hallow app, you get one month free subscription. And if you do the one month free subscription, they give, they give us a little bit of a kickback. So it helps the ministry. So check out the Hallow app. It's a really powerful app that I literally use every single day. I absolutely love it. So check out Hallow. All right. Oh my goodness. Be still my heart. Oh, calm down. It'll be okay. <laughs> Chris Finneman. Yikes. Oh my gosh. So you are uh, you are currently on staff at Damascus. Yes, um, I am. I want to get into kind of your, your whatever amount of your journey we're able to share today. <laughs> um, but the primary reason that we have you here today is because you're launching a new show here yes. on Awakened Catholic. Yes. Called New Breed. Yes. And we're going to get into what the whole thing is about. But I want to just start by getting to know you a little bit. Wow. Okay. <laughs> well, I'm 26 years old. I, I consider myself like an Ohio native now, but no disrespect. I'm originally from <laughs> North Dakota, the North Dakota. Mm. It's just North of South Dakota. Um, <laughs> I'm from Fargo. Um, yeah. And I mean, I just, I'm in Ohio because the Lord brought me here. Like mm. it's, it's a, it's a whole story, but um, yeah. And I, I, I love leading worship. That's how I met you beautiful people. It's true. That is um, how. At Damascus. And yeah, I guess ask ask me questions. I don't really know what to <laughs> All say. All right. I got a question for you. <laughs> yes. Okay. How long have you been at Damascus? I've been at Damascus for three years now. I did the two-year missionary program. I graduated from it. Yes, graduated. Very mm -hmm. prestigious. Mm -hmm. um, no, you but it's a business actually, card. Yes, I have a business card now. Um, and... Yeah, so I'm on staff with Damascus, um, a part of their recruitment team and young adult life. We're, we're experimenting with more of young adult ministry. I'm on the national team. We'll be traveling um, around the country this year. So, yeah. That's awesome. Very exciting. And before that, um, you part of your journey that you shared with me off camera is that you, you spent some time uh, in seminary and discernment. Yeah. And um, I honestly feel like if, if we're not willing to just ask the question, like we're really not 
totally availing ourselves to God's yeah, yeah. will for our lives. And I, I, for me, that was huge. When I came uh, back to the church and into the Lord's embrace, like that was a, a ser- very serious question I had to wrestle with. Right. And I loved hearing about that part of your story too. Um, so, so where did that fall in the timeline, like leading up to Damascus? Mm-hmm. And then you just kind of realizing this isn't where I'm being wow. led. Like, how does that look? Yeah. I mean, I was really asking myself the fundamental question of where do I belong in the greater scheme of what God is doing right now in this country? But more specifically for my diocese, I had a deep and still do have a deep love for my home diocese. And so the reason I even went was because um, I was just so grateful for how they had formed me as a young Catholic man. And I thought to myself, like, um, I I think I'm open to laying down my life for this diocese and for for Jesus to serve um, this region. Um, And as I discerned, obviously, in seminary, that wasn't the call. But um, that was such an incredibly eye opening experience. I loved it and um, holds that year of seminary so dear to my heart. Um, It's so, so dear to me. Um, Yeah. That's beautiful. I learned a lot about myself, learned a lot about what like the bride is, like who the bride is and how she functions and mm. just like what priesthood looks like, the nitty gritty of it. Because I think a lot of people have preconceived notions about like, all right, sweet, you just go to school for a few years and then boom, like you're a priest. There's there's deep, rich things going on inside of the seminary that I got a taste of just for a year. Um, so it's, I find that experience incredibly valuable. That is awesome. Yeah. I know that for me, the, one of the biggest things I got out of it, other than kind of availing myself to the Lord in that way. Um, I, my prayer life was forever changed because of my discernment process. Like I spent time, uh, a short time with the, the monks at, uh, St. Meinrad seminary, Hmm. uh, in, I think Indiana. And, um, just like being in that community and, and like being inundated in this life of prayer and, um, such a, they have such a beautiful charism for, um, I mean, I don't know what formally their charism is, but something that I really uh, grew to appreciate in them was their um, their routines of prayer and just the way that, like, I fell in love with Liturgy of the Hours with them. Yeah. Um, and just kind of, I was coming from, you know, a place of being a, a freaking heathen. So, like, I, you know, going going from that in my conversion journey yeah. and, and, like, seeing the beauty of this, like, just total devotion. Mm-hmm. And, and it really was less about, like, just me. Right. And it was really us right. and Jesus. And I right. loved the, the way that they, and so I, I've really just benefited and it's something I love too. even hanging out with, you know, y'all at Damascus. I love, um, expanding my horizons in, in terms of forms of prayer and like wow. ways that I can be encountering God mm-hmm. that I just have not been exposed to, or just have not been normalized for me yet. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so I benefited from that as well. Um, that's really beautiful, man. Yeah. I, I love that. So, uh, I'm going to, I'm going to hit you with what I've been, uh, kind of referring to as the, the Kerygma speed round. Okay. Let's go. I'm so excited. So first question, who is Jesus? Who is Jesus? To you. (gasps) To me. Oh man. Jesus is the bridegroom. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Amen. Jesus is the bridegroom. Um, Jesus is, um, he's everything. He's absolutely everything. That's so ethereal and like, yeah, yeah, spacey. But like, it's just true. <laughs> Amen. I love. I mean, absolutely. That's why I asked this question because everyone gives us a little bit of something different, yeah. and that's a beautiful th- quality of his is that he he you know th- his relationship looks a little bit different for everybody. Mm-hmm. He's just the source in the center. He's literally everything. Yeah, I love that. <laughs> that's great, and I love your first reaction, bridegroom. Yeah. I love that. Yeah, yeah. And a lot of the music you've written, like one song in particular, mm-hmm. King of Glory. Yeah. I just love, 
um, the language in that song and and you know it refers to him as uh, uh, just the, like the the interaction yeah. in that song with between yourself and him mm-hmm. is is very much that that. Well, he doesn't of, want to be friends. No. Like he yeah. wants more than that. Yeah. I mean, obviously he wants to be friends. Like right. he loves friendship. Yeah. But like we are not, uh, we, we should not be friend zoning Jesus. Oh, <laughs> that is a line. We got to write that down. Somebody, <laughs> hey, Angelica, write that down so we don't forget it. Angelica. <laughs> we do not want to be friend zoning Jesus. Don't friend zone Jesus. Oh my gosh. Don't do that. You heard it first here, folks, right here at Awaken Catholic. We'll make it a shirt. Oh my gosh. That's that's a thing. It's going to okay. happen. Whew. Okay, if Woof. we get like a new merch piece out of every question I ask you, we're going to be doing real well. Do I get royalties? <laughs> <laughs> JK, just kidding, oh just, kidding just kidding. I am, I am so excited right now. Oh, plug what? This, oh, and if you want to support the, the work that we're doing, check out the Awaken Nation. This is amazing. I love this <laughs> so much. Awaken Nation! Oh my gosh, Woo! thank you, Adam, for that. Um, <laughs> So, uh, yeah. Okay. Next question. Yes. The speed round has become I'm so more of like a, so a hot tub that we're just hanging out in. Okay. Um, so it's, it's question number two, mm-hmm. give me an elevator pitch for, for why you should want to spend your life with Jesus. Oh, you should want to spend your life for Jesus because I've spent my life for Jesus and I can firsthand tell you that it's the best thing ever. The gospel is the best thing to ever happen to me. Mm. It's the absolute best thing to ever happen to me. And before I was living in the gospel and for Jesus, I was living a miserable and mundane life. Mm. Absolutely miserable. Yeah. Um, and I know that if you were a random person on an elevator, I would, I would remind you that, um, the things that we try to fill our life with to satisfy us actually don't. And you know that you're miserable. I like everyone yeah. knows they're miserable without Jesus. They just like need the language for it. anyways. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Jesus is everything. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Praise God. Okay. Last question. Yes. In the Kerygma speed round. Okay. Elevator pitch for specifically a life with Jesus as a Catholic. <gasps> oh my gosh. Yes. As a Catholic, when I'm worshiping Jesus, I don't have to close my eyes and try to imagine him because he's body, blood, soul, and divinity right in front of me. He made us as a five sense human being, smelling, touching, seeing, hearing, and feeling. Did I get all those? No, I said touching and feeling. What's the one? Tasting, hearing, Hearing. whatever. Anyways, all of them are fulfilled within the Catholic faith for him. I don't have to imagine him. I know what he feels like, what he tastes like, what he smells like, all of it. And, And that is so satisfying mm. um that he he it, it makes that available and accessible to us in the mass and in the liturgy um it's uh yeah it's it's the faith you it's, could almost say it's it's the most integrated way to exactly, be exactly it's holistic it's it's whole body and soul and, wow. and everything in between and, and and yes there's answers for it and yes there's authority but there's this intimacy gained in the Eucharist in mm. his body and blood that you will not find anywhere else. It's only here. And it's not because we're hoarding it. It's not like this. Um, it's mine and it's not yours. It's just a matter of the fact yeah. that hands have been blessed to, to do that. And those hands exist in the Catholic church. Good answers. That was a heck of a charisma yeah. speed round. I feel more confident about that one than the, than the other like speed round ones, but oh, no. it's okay. No, you nailed we're, it, man. That was, that was fantastic. <laughs> All right. Now, now, Chris, I got to tell you something. Okay. I got to tell you something. I'm here for it. Yes, we've, we've, we've been getting emails. Oh, I'm sure. We've been getting phone calls. Woof. We've been getting snail mail. Uh-oh. The people are speaking. 
they want us to bring back the segment. Oh. Catholic Weird Stuff. Let's go! Catholic Weird Stuff. Why do they do the things that they do? Let's learn some Catholic Weird Stuff. It's super weird. <laughs> <laughs> As, as that segment video was playing, <laughs> Chris was just taking note of every like race that we accounted for in the in the video uh, segment, and just like the random people, like the the old guy who's like, "Whoa, what's going on?" I love it. We're here for it. This uh, is what we're doing. All right, Chris. Today, yes, we're going to talk about Catholic weird stuff that I don't even know about. Whoa. Yeah. So we were talking earlier, and you were like telling me about this crazy stuff with chalk, and I was just like, "What the yes. crap are you talking about?" So, oh my god. So what is it? This is what we're going to address and you're going to be the answer okay. guy today yes what is the story with people catholic people putting chalk above their doors or whatever okay so i could see this is why it's important to talk about this because i can see why not being catholic and walking into a home or a school or just a building in general and seeing these random chalk writings and they're not on, just like, like practicing math or learning calligraphy <laughs> it like, looks like it though okay, that's the okay. craziest part yeah okay so sometimes you'll see above the doorway on like the doorpost um like numbers and letters with like plus signs in between them written in chalk. And I could see why you'd be like, this is really strange. What is this witchcraft or something? I don't know. Anyways, this is the answer. Okay. On the Feast of the Epiphany every single year, it's like entrusted to the leaders of the home or the school or whatever building it is to take this blessed chalk. Um, you can get it at your parish. Um, your priest will bless chalk for you. And you write above the doorway, the year split in half. So you'd have two zero and then the initial of each one of the wise men because that's the epiphany right the wise men coming um to re like realize jesus as the son of god um and then at the end of the three initials you would have 20 so it'd be two zero c plus sign m plus sign b plus sign 20 and it's it's a way of like blessing your home um as like the leader of your household nick so <laughs> <laughs> Are you trying no. to tell me I've been dropping the ball? No, so it's it's actually really, really cool because um, it harkens to a few different things, right? In the Old Testament, how they marked the doorposts in Egypt um, yeah, yeah. and just like taking authority and like ownership over your home and just yeah. kind of blessing it. And But if you have no context for it, mm -hmm. it is really weird. You're like, is that a math equation? Yeah. Or like, what are these strange markings? <laughs> that is so. super interesting. And I know of like in non-Catholic circles, there there is it's it's a fairly common practice to like bless your home with oil and put yeah. oil uh go around the house blessing mm -hmm. your home with oil and and it's you know these are just common things but it just ends up looking a little bit different because oh, we yeah. represent it visually yeah yeah um so yeah super interesting yeah okay thanks for sharing that so i want to go out and get some holy chalk do it get some holy chalk all right that has been today's catholic weird stuff segment ladies <laughs> and gentlemen all right so chris Yes. We've been um, kind of talking and you've been working with our team on developing the, the, the concept for your new show, New Breed. Yeah. Um, so we, what is the, the kind of background and the impetus for going that direction? Okay. So um, I wasn't, that was, a, that is, it's amazing. Sorry. Let me get my words. So um, earlier this winter, I was just kind of um, really thinking about just the people that I've been able to run with and the, the circles, circles I've been in the past couple of years. Um, and if you've encountered some of them, if you encounter Damascus missionaries, if you encounter some of the people um, kind of in my area in Columbus, um, the Lord um, is really about raising up a generation of people who are completely sold out for Jesus. And it looks 
kind of crazy sometimes. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, You know, um, and I think all of us kind of have an awareness of this, that um, regardless of what stream of Christianity you're a part of, what um, Catholic community you're a part of across the country, there's people who are like Catholic by name or Christian by name. And then there's people who really mean it. There's people who really like talk to Jesus as if they know him, you know, there's people that are intentional about their spirituality. They're intentional about how they raise their families, intentional about X, Y, and Z. It's mm. not just like a, a thing that they're doing this, like, um, just kind of like empty religious, like practice over and over and over. Like yeah. there's people that are actually like in this thing, um, and that they mean what they say, um, and they know why, you know, um, and I just, I, I want there to be a platform for us to really talk about this. Um, and what this is, is Jesus. I know it's, it's, it's kind of crazy, but I just, I just want to talk about Jesus for my show. Like that's the subject. It's always been the subject. It's heaven's subject. And when heaven changes the subject, then we can change the subject. But for now <laughs> it's Jesus. And so let's keep it on Jesus, you know, sure. I th- especially in these times, um, it's so easy to complicate things, to overcomplicate things. It's so Jesus. Mm. Um, and at the risk of sounding like one of those like 1970s, like really cheaply made like bracelets or they're just like WWJD or like all these like Jesus loves you. Like um, it's just Jesus. That phrase keeps repeating over and mm-hmm. over in my head. And so the new breed, um, it's it's uh, the edgy like way of saying like there's a new breed of Jesus people hmm being kind of like birthed in the church right now. And it's it's a generation of Catholics that refuse to just kind of stop at like, well, we just do this because this is because this is what mom and dad did. Yeah. And it's what my grandparents did. But mm. that's it. Mm-hmm. Um it's it's us taking ownership over our life with Jesus. And it's actually not even our ownership, it's his. But um taking ownership of what Catholic, what Catholicism looks like in our generation. So we would hand it down to an intentional generation after us. There's a new breed of people that aren't really playing games. So dang, (laughs) I, I am super stirred by that whole premise because I, I think about even, um, my, my own upbringing and the, the Catholic school that I went to, which is, you know, is full of amazing people. I, I'm still close to a lot of the people that were our teachers or a part yeah. of the, the administration there. Um, and I just I think about what was missing, though. And like in like a super weird way, it was Jesus. Yeah. Which, which is crazy because we were, you know, we went through the sacraments and what are the sacraments and encounter with Jesus? Like Mm -hmm. the, but, but despite that, what was missing. And when I say, I don't want it to sound overly strong to say that Jesus was not there, right? but I'm not saying that what I'm saying is like, what we were missing was the dynamic of, of like authentic relationship, Mm -hmm. uh, authentic sonship, uh, authentic, um, covenant. And I think that one of the biggest tenets that I'm, as I was listening to you and I'm thinking about like, what, what is the contrast? Like what, what wasn't there and what is kind of being cultivated? What is God creating in this new breed of Catholics? And I, and in my mind, and I'd love to hear your answer to that. In my mind, it's this, um, similar, similarly, like it's, it's a congruent need, even in our secular world, uh, in terms of like the millennial generation for authenticity. Right. So whether, you know, outside of the Catholic world, you still see people striving for authenticity and authentic experiences. Right. Um, And I think that we're seeing that manifest in in our Catholic church as well Mm -hmm. with a similar demographic. Uh, What are your thoughts? I think it's authenticity. I think it's intentionality. And undomestication. 
Oh. Whoa. Okay. I know. <laughs> I like where that's going. Um. It's it's not it's not a revolution because in in a revolution um in a revolution you destroy everything in the past and start fresh and rebuild. That's not what what's going on. Um we're taking what has been handed down to us as a great inheritance in Catholicism and like being intentional about it. Like, what is this actually, you know, it's this kind of the buck stops here of like, Mm -hmm. we're just going to do everything because this is what we've always done. Um, and authenticity in actually talking to him. Like we know him, Mm -hmm. you know, not just singing songs, like he's in the room but that he's in the room you know what i mean like in a super literal sense literal because i mean he just he's not kidding like he's yeah. here and if we're if we actually believe we consume him like that that should change everything and 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 i think what like in particular with like um the new breed the jesus people like um that kind of is 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 stirring in the church it's um a particular hunger like he's stirring at us an actual hunger for him every single day Mm. like that he's actually it like he's actually it Mm. um and it's gonna look so i mean and this is it's almost not even new like we see this we see this saint francis was not kidding like he like people thought he was crazy um saint catherine of siena people thought she was crazy like that we we come from a long heritage of it's almost like a completely different breed of person um, that take Jesus at his word and, 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 and treat him like he actually is their daily bread. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. That reminds me a lot of this, uh, principle that's many times referred to as practical atheism. So it's this idea that like, we are Catholic, we really identify as being Catholic, but we're going to live as though everything is up to us and not, not in like a, not even just in a moral sense. That's the obvious, Yeah. but I'm going to live like I have to provide for myself. I'm going to live like my future is in my hands. I'm going to live like if I don't strap up every single day and hit the grind hard, like, like I control my world for in the good and the bad senses. And, and like, um, and I just think that's, that's not that that misses the mark right you know we were talking last night about each other's journeys and and like in my own life such a major tenet of my walk with the lord when i came back and had my huge like reversion yeah yeah a major tenet has been i'm gonna give up the reins i'm right. gonna i'm gonna release the mm-hmm. steering wheel um it's not to say that i i don't have to work I, you gotta work for the kingdom um, right but mm. in in terms of you know the metaphor of the steering wheel to me the, the the work that we're meant to put in is me keeping my foot on the gas. I have yep. to put in that effort to make sure that there's momentum and that I'm executing on whatever guidance he's going to offer for the steering wheel. Yeah. You know, um, and, and that has been for me, like what it has looked like to, to really become a real Catholic since my conversion has been to let him be my God. Yes. Come on. Yes. Yes, exactly. He wants to be Lord. Um, I, I'm obsessed with his Lordship, um, recently. Um, 
and it started and i think i honestly think it kept me sane um in in this past march and april and the whole quarantine and like COVID 19 yeah. and everything this phrase like kept and i'll probably talk about this in the show i don't even want to call it my sh- it's not my show it's jesus's show like everything's on the altar like if he's like actually i don't want it to be called that i'll change the title if he's like well, i want you to talk about this that or the other that's exactly what we're doing love that um, this is not that i want jesus to be put on display that's the only thing that's important yeah um the so anyways going back to what i was saying um in this past like COVID season, this phrase kept going over in my my mind. I I blasted it on my social media over and over again. It's that Jesus Christ is Lord. Hmm. COVID-19 is not Lord. Like Jesus Christ is Lord is never going to be not scandalous. That phrase is never going to be not scandalous. Hmm. And if it falls numb on our hearts right now, we need to actually think about what that means. Hmm. Like when that was a new thing, like in the early church to say Jesus Christ is Lord, that, was scandalous in 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 several different ways um and it still is to this day because is when we say that it's not like he's lord and there's other lords like jesus christ is like he doesn't ever accept or tolerate partial lordship like that's not a concept like if he's lord that means nothing else can actually share that with him like nothing else can be lord um and and COVID nineteen just like think like I looked up the definition because I I would give a confirmation talk at Damascus about what that means about what it means as Jesus Christ is Lord, and it's something that has power, influence, or authority over your life. Something that has power, influence, or authority over your life. That's kind of scary because I think yeah. we can think about other things that aren't Jesus that have those things over us. What does that mean for us? You know what I mean? So it's like a, a constant daily, yeah. almost exercise discipline of making him Lord. And, um, well, and there's a danger of, of, um, mischaracterizing in your mind in the way that you identify or define who Jesus is. Like you can project onto the person of Jesus in your psyche. You can project onto that, whatever helps you feel more comfortable. Right. And we do that. And we do that for each other in our society. Right. Like what we, we, we will kind of dance around the things that Jesus actually calls us to so that we don't have to convict each other right. or, or push each other out of our comfort zones. Right. Um, we're doing each other a grave disservice when we do that. And, and what the interesting is the interesting thing about that is like, all we have to do is read the gospels yep. and we see who Jesus was plain as day. Yeah. And, and you have to contextualize all of it, right? You can't right. just take one segment and one little sentence he says, and then like make the entire person of Jesus revolve around that sentence. Right. You have to take the whole thing. Right. And he's a person who's still alive, who you can talk to now. Yep. Right. Um, and he has complete authority. He, yeah. He has complete authority to actually say something. And yeah. then like a chapter later, say something that contradicts that. And he can do that because he's the Lord. And but, there's but no he questions also, about but it. But nothing explicitly contradicts himself right, anyways. Right, right. He can but if he, he wants to. Yeah, but he could. Like, um, but but the, what stood out to me, though, about what you were saying is like um, the lordship thing, and, and he never wants partial lordship. Yeah. Every encounter he has with somebody where he changes their life like that by yeah. like, you know, something he does in their lives, like whether it's a miracle or whatever, it is always leave everything behind and follow me. Right. Period. Right. It's not like, hey, uh, keep your life pretty much as it was, but just make me a small part of it. 
That's never his <laughs> command to anybody. That's what I'm talking about with this new breed thing. Yeah. It's, and, it's and then diff- even, I just want to give one specific yes, example. It's because uh, actually, so if you've, I don't have you seen The Chosen? Yes. Okay. So the last Woof. episode of season one yes. is The Woman at the Well. Yep. The Woman at the Well was played by an actress called Vanessa, who used to be our childhood babysitter. Um, yeah, I know. She's awesome. I actually hope to have Shut her. Shut up! That's I hope to, awesome. I hope to have her on the show sometime. What if she's watching right now? What would you say? Well, I'm gonna, I'm gonna for sure tag her. So we'll see. Um, but, <laughs> but anyways, I um, the thing about that story is, is a perfect example because wow. um, people love to like point fingers at the church and say, why are you getting into our personal business? Why are you getting into our private? Why are you getting into what we do in our bedroom? Yeah. Get, get out of my pants. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, why is, why are the, these old guys in Rome always so worried about pelvic region issues? Uh, I've heard that. I've heard that from some priests. It's wow. super sad. And, and, and then they'll bring up the, the woman at the well and I'll say, yeah, um, you know, Jesus did embrace her despite all of her uh, sexual he got sin. All up in her business. Are you kidding he me? He got all up in her business, convicting her about it, and then explicitly he says, "Leave your pelvic issues behind and follow me." He doesn't say, "You know, keep living in sin and follow me." Oh yeah. He says, "I know this about you. It, th- put an end to this and follow me." But we're just so afraid. Of, of letting go of what we identify with because it's in particular sexual sin like that stuff that we really build an identity around it's such a personal thing it's so I mean and it's it's a it's a beautiful the reason that it's it's so connected and tied into like who we are as people is because it you know in its best light in, in its best form like that is a big part of who we are like we uh, as human beings are our most whole when we come together in the marital embrace, every bodily function we have works to completion except for our sexual one until we're with another. Right. right? So like there is a huge element of that topic that is so sensitive because it's so intimate for us and we just can't let him be Lord of that. Right. Because that's too private. That's not true. (laughs) (laughs) He's a bridegroom. He's the bridegroom. The bridegroom. So I just, I think about that every time I read that particular story, um, because it's so hard because sometimes you like get it and sometimes you don't, but like he has the authority to say the things that he says because he's the bridegroom. So in her case, like actually, no, you don't have one husband. You have multiple. Yeah. You know? I don't know. It's and the one like, you're with right now isn't actually your not. husband. <laughs> yeah. I love, I particularly love that, that, um, that story because I love when he gets really cheeky and they're like, and, and pe- like people to his face mention like, we're kind of waiting, waiting for the Messiah, like mm-hmm. the savior and things like that. And in particular, that one where he's just like, you're actually looking right at him. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm the one you're talking about. You know, that's so, <laughs> that's such a holy moment where yeah. he actually like says it. Cause for the most, like for, for a lot, for a lot of the, his life in the gospels is presented to us. He's kind of like hush, hush about Yeah, Like don't tell anyone what, right, what I just right. did. Yeah. I love it. The other thing I, I love, love about it. that story is how known we are to him mm. because she started to scratch the surface opening up to him. And he's like, thank you for the open door. Now let me tell you about your soul. And, and I just think we are so afraid of admitting to ourselves where we are at in our lives mm-hmm. in, in any way, in, in all the different forms of, of, mm-hmm. of addiction or challenge or sin or whatever. We're so afraid of like really being honest with ourselves as, and, and like God knows us, right? Like, we, we can't hide anything from God. 
all he needs is a window of opportunity with he's us. So we just need that. to invite him. He's so good at that. And the fact that she went there um, in the middle of the day. Yeah. Like there's something so particular about how willing and how precise he is yeah. to come in at such a time of shame. Like she was so ashamed of her lifestyle and her sin and things like that, that she deliberately yeah. went to the well in the middle of the day when no other women would go there. Cause like apparently like the well would be like the place, the hot spot. It's, it's the hot spot. It's the gospel. It's like spot. Walmart Everyone's here in Bowling talking Green. about everybody else's stuff yeah. at the well. <laughs> and like, you see, it's like the social, it's like, it was the social media, right? You like meet mm -hmm. at the well. Um, and she was so heavy with shame to go there when no one else would be there. And he, he's just like, not, oh, I just love that. He's not afraid to meet us in our shame. Oh, it's man. such a delicate place. And other people are kind of skittish. They're scared. Even like our loved ones oftentimes will be scared to meet us in our shame because it's such a vulnerable place. Yeah. And he said this, I'm actually going to go right in there. This is, yeah. this is what I was made for, yeah. um, to go into that place and speak to. And he did so, so gently. Right. Like with the greatest with gentleman. Precision. With it's, precision. It's, uh, yeah. yeah. But I mean, like he didn't just come in there and say, ha you're sinning. Like, let's fix right. this. He, he just went in there and encountered her mm -hmm. and, and, and revealed her soul to her. Right. You know, and like. freedom. Yeah. Yeah. And, and then that invitation. Right. And he always makes that invitation well, to all of us. Yeah. Every day is a new invitation mm -hmm. to walk with him. Um, all right. So practical. Let, let's do some, <laughs> something <laughs> practical here. Bible study with <laughs> Chris and Nick. Whoa. <laughs> Did not see that coming. It's a twist. Um, so, okay. How, how would you say in this vein of new breed, like, how would you say to someone from a practical level, they could take a first step towards... Um, going deeper. Yeah. Like, towards like, a, uh, you know, if maybe, maybe you're someone that's watching or listening to this yeah. right now and you're thinking to yourself, this, this concept of full Lordship, like if I'm being honest, I've been making Jesus only partially my Lord. I've been holding part of myself back, part of my life back, part of my heart back. So from a practical level, like what is a first step someone can take towards letting Jesus be full Lord of their lives? Yeah. I think it goes back to those three words. You have to get really, really honest and really vulnerable with yourself. And that requires a certain sense of desperation. Mm. So particularly if you're watching right now and you're aware of the fact that there's certain miseries in your life, that you're kind of miserable, that there's things that are in control of you that are not bringing you to the, the fullness. Um, you have to be really honest with yourself because when you ask the question I'm about to propose, you might get some answers that you might be uncomfortable with. Um, and that's, is there someone or something that has power, influence, or authority over my life that is not Jesus? Wow. It could, like, it can, it can be some of the closest people to you. Uh, unfortunately, I've seen people with even spouses that are their Lord. I've seen people, their kids are their Lord. Um, their degree, their job, their parents, like, and, and yes, there's sin, but there's things that aren't sin yeah. that can be Lord. Um, and when you, when you, when you get to a place when you're vulnerable enough and, and honest enough to answer that question, then you need to dialogue with the Lord about what to do about those things. Um, the first step is just acknowledging it, um, that that'll bring more freedom than you think. Um, and then just surrender them. And that looks like a lot of different things for different people. I but, love that. Um, you need to start eliminating 
um, the false gods. We we act like there's not we act like there's not false gods because it's 2020, right? I don't have a golden calf in my living room. I don't have a exotic goddess statue or whatever like in my house. But like we are we daily are worshiping other things sometimes and we're, we're not even aware of it. Mm. Um, and so it's a, I mean it, probably a small thing. I mean a lot of people can relate to this like their phone, like the first thing when you wake up in the morning do you refocus on him do you bring him to mind do you talk to him do you put his name on your lips or do you give your first attention and your first affection to people on social media you know wow um that's huge and just it's it's little things it's it's not going to be super dramatic you don't need to be like carrie underwood and take like a louisville slugger be like <laughs> oh my and start like i don't know start like, bashing, up start a bashing car. random things in your house like <laughs> I, I don't know but like you know maybe you do i literally know someone that went into a parking lot and with dug their, her key into the side of their pretty little souped up four-wheel drive yeah. um no uh one of my friends um, literally took a baseball bat to his Xbox 360 in a parking lot because he was like, you have been controlling me. You have been taking my time and my affection away from my one true love, Jesus. Mm. And you've been keeping me from being the man that I made to be. Wow. You've got to go. Wow. Um, and so, so, so um, if you catch things early, it doesn't have to be so dramatic. Um, you know, and, and God wants us to have good things. This isn't about, well, now I'm a Puritan. I'm going to have nothing in my house. Mm -hmm. I'm going to have no relationships with anybody. Like, um, but it's about looking at the small things first. You don't need to be super dramatic. Look at the small things first and, and start giving those dominion, like giving him dominion over those small things first and then moving from there. Um, And, and doing so for Jesus, as opposed to the perception of others. Right. And I right. think that's such an important thing. Like, I, I look how holy I am because I use a flip phone instead of a smartphone. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> like, and, and I know some people that right. use flip phones instead of smartphones, and I'm not referring to them. I'm just right. saying that it, it'd be so easy to fall into that trap mm-hmm. of like, look at me right. uh, doing these things in my life yep. to be closer to God. Do those things and don't right. let anyone know. Sometimes about it. it looks like elimination, and sometimes it looks like discipline. Yeah, like, yeah. like money is not evil. It can be a lord. It can be a Lord, but what if instead of making a pile in your backyard and burning it, you used it to glorify the Lord and used through it for the his awakened nation at awakened Catholic? <laughs> so, if you like what we're doing here at awakened Catholic, we made it full circle. <laughs> give all your money to awakened well, Catholic. Don't, don't, not all of it. Not all. Because we like want you to portion, eat. Fifteen percent. We want you to eat. Keep a roof over your head. But <laughs> great. Oh I'm so glad we made it. Um, man, Chris. You're amazing. Thank you, Chris. I'm so excited to have you on our team of, of creators here at Awakening Catholic. Thank you. Um, this is just going to be such a beautiful journey. And I think that it's going to be an important message to bring to the to the surface uh, for our viewers and listeners. So. I just want to talk about Jesus. So Amen. Praise God. Let's talk about Jesus. So in all seriousness, if you do like this show and the messages herein uh, and want to support the making of this show and all the other shows here at Awaken Catholic, then visit awakencatholic.org slash donate and you can join the Awaken Nation, which is a community of people like yourself that makes all of this possible. So thank you to our, all of our current members of Awaken Nation and thank you to you for considering becoming a part of it uh, as we build work on building this new nonprofit media ministry.
Um, additionally, uh, make sure to check out the Hallow app if you want to spice up your prayer life. Uh, it's a really powerful meditation app. It is so well made. They actually just released a new update for it a couple days ago that I really love. Um, so check out uh, the Hallow app through our website and make sure to do the free month of the premium subscription that you get through our through our link and our website because uh, that is what helps our ministry as well. So it's a great app. Check it out. Uh, all right. It has been amazing to, to talk with, with you about Jesus, Chris. I'm excited to be a viewer slash listener of your show. Thank you, brother. Uh, and to, to make Jesus Christ more the Lord of my own Come life. On. Um, <laughs> Me too. Me to too. Become I become a part of the new breed. <laughs> I want to be a part of the new breed. You you are. I dub thee. Oh. <laughs> Thank you. Is there like a ceremony? Or? I think we should get matching tattoos. Let's go. Okay, sweet. <laughs> <laughs> all right. God bless you, everyone. See you next time. This show and all media on Awaken Catholic is made possible by the Awaken Nation and the Hollow app. The Awaken Nation is a community of people like you who support all things Awaken for as cheap as a cup of coffee a week and get access to exclusive content. Learn more by visiting awakencatholic.org donate. Hollow is the only audio-guided Catholic prayer app focused on contemplative prayer and traditional Catholic meditation such as Lexio Divina, Daily Examine, and the Rosary. We here at Awaken all use Hollow every day and love it. To learn more or give it a try, visit hollow.app slash awaken.